Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. I'm going to start by reading a verse of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 7. This morning in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, the Bible says, Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who who love him and obey his commands. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Let's Get Fat. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and your goodness, God. I thank you for your spirit, and I pray that today you truly would let us hear what your spirit says, God. I ask you to strengthen my body, to anoint me, to say the things that would honor you, God. And I ask you to teach us from your word by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Seventeen years ago, I first covered this concept of being fat. It's so funny that people hear the word fat and they they recoil it, it, it's wild because some people think they're fat that aren't and some people think they aren't they are now uh elder jimmy and i we we have varying degrees of fat but since i met the man 15 16 years ago we've been the exact same height and the exact same weight and it doesn't matter well no you never got down when when uh when I lost all that weight, when Gail was sick, when I went on that 40-day fast, I went on a 40-day water fast, got down to 170. You ain't seen 170 since she never knew a 170-pound you. But we've been typically the same weight. We were in staff meeting this week, and he, he leaned over and asked me. He said, what, what are you weighing now? And we checked that, and I'm like, 219. And he's like, oh, no way, because we've always been the same weight. We wear it differently, uh, but that our level of fat is usually pretty on par with each other. And you're like, are we really going to spend an hour and a half talking about fat? <laughs> yes, we brought a weigh scale today, and we're going to weigh everybody. We're going to start with Deacon West. Uh, he's not going to be embarrassed because how much weight you lost, son? 27 pounds. We're going to go to Eric. He ain't going to be ashamed because he's, he's in great shape. Uh, then we're going to move over to Jimmy. I already told you, he's 219. We're not weighing you? Okay, Nancy said we can't do that this morning. So, no, we did not bring a weigh scale, and we're not going to weigh everyone. When I first taught this concept 17 years ago, and God put it on my heart to revisit it today, this is an acronym and not a description of your body mass index. The word fat for today's teaching and for what I want you to think about in your mind stands for three things. Faithful available and teachable if everybody in this room would become faithful available and teachable God could use this church to change our city not just our city the world think about what God did through the life of 12 apostles who became 11 then they tossed a replacement in there to make for 12 
The Bible says that lost people said of those handful of believers in the first century that they have turned the world upside down for Jesus. And here's what I want to see happen in your life. I want to see God use you to turn your world upside down for Jesus. I want your family to be turned up for Jesus. I want your workplace to be turned up for Jesus. I want your school and your community to be turned up for Jesus because Jesus said this about us. He said, you are salt and light. And salt is designed to flavor everything it touches. And light is designed to brighten whatever environment that it is in. So everywhere we go, we should be flavoring that atmosphere for Christ. I wonder how salty is your atmosphere. Your, your home should have the flavor of God on it. Your, your vehicle should have the flavor of God on it. Your relationships should have the flavor of God on it. And you should be bright everywhere you go. I want you, if you miss everything today, get this concept. If you go to work today, tomorrow, the next day, whenever you go to work, I want you to walk in that place knowing you're bringing God with you. I want you to walk in knowing you're the salt and you're the light of God because he resides inside you. But you can know these things, and if you're not fat, these things aren't really going to manifest in a great way. If you're not faithful, if you're not available, and if you're not teachable, then you're not going to represent God in the best way. Let's, let's think about this concept of being fat. See, everyone's not called to preach, but you don't have to preach to be faithful. Everyone doesn't have the gift of helps, but you don't have to work in a helps ministry to be available. Everybody doesn't have the gift of prophecy, but you don't have to prophesy to be teachable. But every Christian in this room can be faithful, available, and teachable. I started to say every Christian in this room could be fat, but some of y'all have just, just stared at me hard every time I said it. Here's the good thing about me. I've been stared at hard already. I've had people side-eye me for a long time. And listen, here, here's what I want you to know, and I'm going to ask some people to help me out to, to let you know what I'm already thinking. All, all you hard-eye, side-eye me, folk, the truth's the truth. Anyhow, we're going to get into the truth this morning. We are a church that believes in the living God. We're a church that believes in his son, Jesus Christ, resurrected from the dead in all power. And we believe that this book has the answers for us. And we're going to look into this book this morning. I'm telling you, every Christian in the room can be that type of Christian, that fat Christian, that faithful, available, and teachable person. Uh, let, let's talk about it. This morning, are you faithful? See, the Bible says without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. If you are not a faith person, see, everything we do in Christ is faith. We come to Christ by faith. We walk day to day in Christ in faith. And we believe God for all his promises by faith. You got to be a faithful person. What am I saying? Can people count on you? If we just took a survey, if we just took a random survey of the people that knew you, the people who were around you, the people in your life, would they say, you can count on her? You can count on him. We got to learn how to be faithful. When, when you think about being 
faithful, some things ought to come to mind. Let's, let's look at a, a, def, a dictionary definition for the word faithful out of Webster's dic, Dictionary. Full of faith or having faith. Firm in adherence to promises, oaths, contracts, treaties, true and constant in affection or allegiance to a person to whom one is bound by a vow. Be, should, that should say by ties of love, gratitude, or honor. Now, take, take a look at it real quick. It's, this ain't the Bible, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. But I love what it says, that you're true and constant in your affection or your allegiance to someone you're bound by a vow. Do you know that when you got saved, we use all these cute terms, got saved, came to Jesus, um, was born again. That's awesome Bible terminology. But do you realize you became bound by a covenant at that point? Are you faithful to your covenant? Are you faithful? Do, do you have constant affection and, and allegiance to this person? Are you firm in your adherence to your promises and your covenant? That's what it means to be faithful. So we're going to talk about being faithful we're going to talk about being available, and we're going to talk about being teachable. And I want you to know we have the greatest example in the world to do what we're commanded to do in God himself. God has commanded us to do many things, and he has shown to be the perfect example of everything he asks of us. Before we even get into it this morning, I want you to agree with me that God is faithful. God is faithful. You ought to let that be Part of your daily expression to God. Thank you, God, for being faithful. I've told you before so many times that the ancient theologians called God holy what? Holy other. God is holy other. He, he is holy other in that he's not what people are. He's not what somebody you expect him to be is. He doesn't represent the way others represent. And this is why sometimes people have a difficulty connecting to the concepts of who God really is because our mind has been poisoned so much by people or, or leaders. You, you don't, don't look to your leader as God. Your leader is not God. Your, your mentors are not God. Your parents are not God. Authority, yes. God, no. Because everyone else not named Jehovah will let you down. That's why the Bible said it's foolish to put confidence in a person when God is so faithful. Now, God expects us as his children to look like him, act like him, be like him, and obey him. But God sets the tone. God is faithful. We read in our opening text. Let's look at it again. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God, period. I hope you know that much about God, the God of this book. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah, Creator, all that there is. He alone is God. If you talk to enough people about Christianity, you're going to stumble into some of these uh, self-believed intellectuals. They may be intellectual. They may just believe that they're intellectual. But when I meet someone who tells me, well, I'm, I'm a thinker, and I'm just exploring all world religions, I'm thinking, you just a oh, time waster. There's no reason to explore other religions because there's only one true God. That's like saying, you know, I, I, I love food. I'm going to explore all food. There's just some food to leave alone. I'll give you a couple of them right off the bat because Seth likes to eat weird stuff. Anytime we go to a restaurant, if there's something weird on it, he orders it. So Seth has ordered, here's something you can leave alone, 
camel hump. They set that on the table. It smelled so bad, I had to ask him to move it further away from me. Change seats with your brother. You're sitting too close to me. I can't smell that food. He took one bite out of it, looked at me and said, do I have to eat it? I said, no, son, order something normal. Went to a restaurant. We were up in Niagara Falls, uh, which I didn't know. I thought that was, a, you know, a, a bunch of water. There's a city up north in New York called Niagara Falls, New York. Uh, I thought Buffalo was the highest thing, but above Buffalo, Niagara Falls, New York. We were up there one year, and we went to this restaurant that had been featured on the Food Network, and it was some fancy joint, but they had octopus brains on it. And dad's like, or it's just like, dad, can I order this octopus brain? It's only $89.95. And I'm like, may as well, son, the lasagna is $82. Eat <laughs> people proud of this stuff. And so he ordered this. It came in a bowl, biggest bowl I ever saw brought to a table, bowl this big. And it smelled so bad. And, and the thick, it was like between gravy and soup that these chunks were floating in. He didn't even taste it. He said, Dad, do I have to eat it? I said, no, son, order that $82 lasagna. There's just some things that you should not mess around with. People out there saying, well, I want to experience every kind of religion. Every kind of religion, uh, there's only one kind that's good for you. Every kind of food ain't good for you. Some stuff you just ought to leave alone. Listen, if you know you don't like hot food, you do, hey, skip that Thai restaurant altogether. I love Thai food. Well, then you better like uh, Go ahead then. Order the curry and order it extra hot. See, there's just some things that thinking people just say, I'm not going to mess around with that. And when it comes to examining other religions, I want you to know the Bible has already said that the Lord your God is indeed God. Can we agree this morning that God is indeed the true and the living God? He's the faithful God who keeps covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. Now, if I just wanted to leave it alone, we could just stand on that one verse and agree that God is faithful. Is God faithful? Yes. All right, let's listen to 1 Corinthians 1.9. The Bible says God will do this for he is faithful to do what he says. Woo, comma. I tell you all the time, pay attention to the punctuation when you read the Bible. It'll perfect your understanding. When you see a comma, that's cause for pause. When you see a period, that's stop and think. When you see an exclamation point, that's get excited about it. When you see a question mark, that's think about it. The Bible says, for God will do this, comma. Well, what's God going to do? He's, he's going to do this because for, many times you can understand that word better by using the word because. Because he is faithful to do what he says. Didn't I tell you God was holy other? Don't you wish people could catch up to that speed? What if people just did what they said? Every parent in the room is thinking, oh, that'd be fantastic. What if your kids just, every, every time you correct them, they're always going to do better when? Next time. They're always going to start doing what, the right when? Uh, uh, soon. Now, God always does what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, listen, 
God's faithful to do what he says. He's called us into partnership with him. He expects us. If you're in partnership with somebody and they expect you to be faithful, guess what? You've got to expect them to be what? Faithful. God is faithful, and he's looking for his believers to be faithful. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, I'm telling you, we're going to look at a bunch of scripture this morning to drive this point home. But God, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. Man, if you fall asleep on this message this morning, I want you to at least remember this. The Lord is faithful. You don't have to. I hear these people say stuff, these hyper-charismatic people like, I, I hold God accountable to his promises. I quote back God's, I remind God of his promises. And I, you don't have to hold God accountable. Well, you can't by anyway. You don't have power over God, but God doesn't need to be held to his promises. God is already faithful to everything he said. Can somebody say amen? amen. See, we get used to people telling us one thing and doing it another, but we need to understand the Lord is faithful. In 1 John 1, 9, here's some good news for you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you know he's done something for us we can't do for ourselves? He paid the price for sin, and he continues to cleanse us from our sin. The Bible says if if we're the ones confessing, he's the one forgiving and cleaning us from all unrighteousness. I love that clean feeling. I believe that's what makes salvation, brand new salvation, so amazing. It's that first time of ever feeling completely clean and accepted by a holy God. And if you've never experienced that, I invite you today to get true salvation. But God is faithful. Can you say amen? Amen. See, because God is faithful and he's told us to be faithful, we need to be faithful too. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs 28.20. This is a great promise. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. That, I've told you many times, when you read the word man, son, he, many times it's not being gender specific. Sometimes when it talks about man, it's talking about human. And this this is a gender non-specific terminology. Faithful people shall abound with blessings. Now, we're a Bible teaching church, so let's think through it. If you're faithful, you're going to have a lot of what? Blessings. Amen. This is what the scripture says. So let's think through it. If you don't have a lot of blessings, then you might not be being. Oh, my goodness. You can really measure how faithful you're being by just looking around at how blessed you are. Problem is, sometimes people can be blessed and not recognize it. Sometimes people are blessed but don't accept it, and they just feel like they want more. I want to tell you something. If you got clothes on your back and you're mostly in your right mind today and you're sitting in the house of the God who loves you and gave his life for you, you're blessed, and you ought to give God thanks for that. But the Bible says faithful people abound with blessings, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. God wants his people to be faithful in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, the Bible says, Now a person who's put in charge as a manager must be faithful. I wanted to preach. This this, this is the verse I was going to preach all week long. This is the verse I was going to preach. We were going to stay inside 1 Corinthians 4 today. God shifted me uh, early this morning to talk about this. But I want you to know, in, in the King James Version, 
which many of you are familiar with, it says it's required among stewards that we be found faithful. Now, a steward is a manager, so this translation picked a good word in manager. I want you to understand, everything that the believer has, we must understand, comes from God. God has given you everything that you have not to own it but to manage it. If you believe every good and every perfect gift comes from God, you got to believe that God's the owner and we're the manager. It, it's like working at a, a store where you're the manager, you got a lot of responsibility there, and that owner expects that manager to be faithful. Do you know that everything that you possess is not rightfully yours? If you understand that everything you have came from God and that you're just not going to be here forever, but God expects you to be faithful as you manage what your time your talent your treasure your family your everything that you have there's an expectancy that the owner has of the manager that the manager would be faithful I wonder are you being faithful to what God has entrusted you with think about the word available when you think about available some things ought to come to mind let's let's go to a dictionary the American Heritage Dictionary says for available to be present and ready for use, accessible, qualified, and willing to be of service or assistance. Now, whenever I read that word qualified, and I'm thinking about Christians being available, I love what one person said. I love the way they said it. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Do you get that? You don't have to be qualified by man's terms to be available to God. He will qualify you once you show yourself available. But it means to be ready for use, to be accessible, to be available to serve or assist in this context. God, I wonder, are you available? Well, I'm here, ain't I? Okay, so you're available to come to church, but are you available if we need your assistance? If God asks something of you, how available are you? God is looking for some fat Christians. God is looking for some people not only to be faithful, but to be available. We saw that God is faithful, and he expects us to be faithful. Well, God is also available. Here's some great news for you in Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. I want to tell you something. God, the, the God that we serve, the true and living God, the only God there is, is not a distant God. He's not a way out there, hard to reach God. If you don't feel the, the residing presence of the living God in your life, moment by moment, second by second, if God seems distant to you, I like the way one person said it. If you and God aren't close anymore, guess who left? God is still there. If you don't feel the presence of God in your life, God is still there because he's always available. He'll be there for you if you want him to be. But I've learned this in almost 40 years of being saved, that if you are willing to be distant from God, God will let that happen. If you want to drift, God will just stay right where he is. Think about the parable of the prodigal son. The father didn't go chase him. The father sat on the porch and waited on him to come back. 
if you don't feel like God is right, ready, and available for you, it's not because God's making it difficult, and it's not because God went anywhere. It's because we strayed. Anybody know we can strike? All right, we're going to talk about that at a different time. Listen to Psalm 145, 18. We're talking about, thinking about the faithfulness of God. The Lord is close to all who call on Him. Yes, to all who call on Him in truth. Listen to what the Scripture says. You believe the Bible, don't you? The Bible says the Lord is close to all who do what? So if you want God to be available for you, if you want God to be close to you, what do you need to do? Call on Him. We need to spend more time talking to God. We need, it's so wild, uh, and I thank God. I don't, I don't want anybody to think that I'm ever tired of my phone ringing to, to see my oldest son on it. But Jake was in Marine Corps boot camp for the last three months. They quarantined him, my oldest son, Jacob. Uh, they quarantined him for two weeks before they started boot camp. So it was literally three and a half months from the time I got that first phone call. If your son ever went in the Marine Corps, they, they make them do the dumbest thing in the world. In the Army, we just send letters home. In the Marine Corps, you can see a video of it on YouTube. They make them stand in front of a wall with a phone hanging on a wall, and there's a sign that they have to read it. But they have to scream it as loud as they can into the phone. And if you scream in the phone, you can't really hear what the words are. So they have to read this. Hello, this is Recruit Becker. I'm wrestling. And they said, be looking out for that phone call because that's all you're going to hear from them in three and a half months. So he graduated boot camp uh, a week or so ago, and they, uh, two weeks ago, and he had, they gave him his phone back because he hasn't had his phone in three and a half months. And so now nine times a day, my phone's ringing, and, and it's my son. And I'm thinking, he called last night, and I'm like, hey, man, let me call you back. Me and Seth are right, right in the middle of the movie. It's getting good right now. <laughs> Poor kid, he's sitting in a marine barracks somewhere. Thinking, my dad ain't even available for my phone call. Listen, I'm available for his phone call. Uh, I'm just not as available as God is. We're used to calling people and having them tell us, hey, the movie's heating up, let me call you back. Hey, I'm ordering food, let me call you back. Hey, I'm walking into a meeting, let me call you back. I already told you God is holy other, and I got some great news for you today. If you love the Lord and you want God to be available for you, all you got to do is what? Call him. The psalmist said, I called on the Lord. He heard my cry and delivered me out of all my trouble. If you don't feel the presence of God close to you on a residing basis, you got to do some more work. Guess what you got to do? Got to call on the Lord. He is available. In Hebrews 4, 16, great, great and awesome promise here the bible says let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious god there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most don't ever think that your life is going wrong and god is not available if your life is going wrong god is available call on him he is available the bible says we can come and call on him anytime that we want james 4 8 says come close to god and God will come close to you. If the heat's on, turn it off. I'm sweating, um, which is not a bad thing. 
but I don't want to faint. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. I have to tell y'all, because every time I see this, I, I think of the, the exact same song. Darling, if you want me to be closer to you, get what? Who stole that from God's word? Peaches and herb. Who was that? Mar Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. Who sang that? Y'all don't know? Peaches and herb. They said, if you want me to be closer to you, get what? Closer to me. And here's the reality. They stole that from the Bible. That's why that song did so well. <laughs> but it's true. God said, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Now, see, here, here is the inverse principle. If A plus B equals C, then C minus B equals what? A, you can run it forward and you can run it backward. And so let's do that with Scripture. God said, come close to God and God will come close to you. So if God comes close to you by you doing what? Coming close to Him. If you don't feel God being available for you, if you don't feel like God is right with you, it's not because He left, it's because you left. And there is a way to get God right there in your presence and that's by drawing close to him why because he's always available he's not watching a movie he's not ordering food he's not walking into a meeting he's not tired of you calling he is always available and I want you not just to have God on speed dial I want you to have God very present with you all the time he is available because he's available we got to be available L listen when God called Abraham in Genesis 22 Abraham said a very familiar phrase that has been repeated by many people that God called when God called Abraham in Genesis 22 1 Abraham said here am I when God called Jacob in Gen Genesis 46 Jacob said here am I when God called Moses in Exodus chapter 3 Moses said here am I when God called Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3 Samuel said here am I I, I want you to know the Bible says we have these stories for our example so we can learn from them. God is still calling people. And when God calls you to do something, he expects the response from you to be, here am I. I'm here, God. I'm here. I wonder, are you available when God calls on you? Uh, now, people say that they are, but here's the reality. When we have to call some people and say, hey, you know, we got somebody moving. They need some help moving some furniture this week. And we, we got a, a widow that needs some food delivered. We got somebody that needs some help with this. Well, you know, I can't because I, I was going to work on my boat this weekend. Okay, nothing wrong with working on your boat. But if this set broke down for nine years and all of a sudden you're going to finally work on it because we called you and asked you for some help, guess what you're not? You're not available. There, there's times after fellowship where we ask people, hey, if a couple people can stick around, help put these tables up, many hands to make light work, people start getting their, you know, their five and six to-go boxes because we always have plenty of food left over, and we let people, uh, now I, I got to go and take this home. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not available right now. Listen, I wonder when God calls on you, are you available? Now, that's not to say that there aren't, aren't times where you're not going to be. That's fine. I tell you all the time, come when you can, pray for us when you can. But you ought to have as the overall testimony that that person is available when God has something for them to do.
You made yourself available today. It was a great choice. You made yourself available and you came. Listen in Isaiah 6, 8. The God that did it then is still doing it now because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never changes. In Isaiah 6, 8, the Bible says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. The same God that, that, that was saying then, who will I send as a messenger for us is saying that today. And I want you to be the one who responds even as Isaiah responded. Here I am, send me. If God wants to make himself glorious on your job site, who should he use to do it? If you're available, it ought to be you. If God wants somebody to be a good Christian man, a good Christian woman inside your house, you ought to say, here I am, God, use me. I want you to figure out this morning, are you available? See, these people were available for whatever task they were asked to do. People get so freaked out, like, hmm, I'm kind of scared to give all my whole life to God. What if he calls me to be one, one of these missionaries in one of these countries that don't have cable? <laughs> this is so wild. I saw before Jake went into the Marine Corps, because Marine Corps is supposed to have the toughest boot camp out of all the branches of service. And I, so I, I was looking a lot about Marine Corps boot camp. And I saw a survey, Gallup Poll did a survey on Marine, recently uh, graduated Marines, and they were asked, what was the hardest part about your three months in Marine Corps boot camp? And overwhelmingly, at above a 70% clip, the number one answer given was, not having my phone. <laughs> to which I'm thinking, boy, these Marines, they need to toughen up. <laughs> but that, that's the world these young people are living in right now. And we, we, we got to understand that what if God wanted you to set your phone down for an hour and just be available to spend time with him? Well, I put it on vibrate just in case I get an important call. Really? Could, could, can you go an hour without social media? Can you go an hour without connectivity? Are you available to God? People are like, well, if I give my whole life to God, I, I might miss my show. You know, I, I was going to come to prayer on first Sunday night prayer meeting, uh, but my game was on. You see how easily we let stuff get in between us and the Lord? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with all these things. I'm just asking you this morning, are you available when God calls on you not only do we need to be faithful not only do we need to be available but we need to be teachable say teachable here's something wow here's something you wouldn't think of right off the bat god is teachable well i'm glad nobody said amen because that's an odd statement to hear uh, god is not teachable in the capacity that he learns something he doesn't know because he already knows everything but let's understand that Jesus is God, and I want you to hear what the Bible says about Jesus in regard to being teachable. In Luke 2.52, the scripture says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Now, if Jesus can grow in wisdom, then we ought to be able to grow in wisdom as well. Now, you're like, well, does that mean he lacked wisdom? No, he didn't lack wisdom. And how he grew in wisdom is not described here, but it does tell us that. Listen to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, 
He learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now, if Jesus is teachable to the point where he can learn obedience, should we be teachable? We should. Now, does this mean that Jesus learned obedience because he didn't have obedience? No. His learning was on display for all of us to have as an example, and we need to follow the example that he gave us. Now, here's the reality. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience from the things he suffered. I get it. We don't want to suffer. I don't want it to be too hot in here or too cold. That's why I tell you to wear short sleeves and bring a sweater or a blanket or a quilt or an overcoat. That way you can put it on and take it off. I, I, I understand we love comfort. We don't want to suffer. But I want to tell you something. If you're going to be who God wants you to be, you're going to have to learn some lessons, and many of those are going to come in the suffering. And Jesus is our example for that. Don't, don't be so scared of suffering for God. Remember what the Apostle Paul said. It's only those who suffer with him that will ever be counted worthy to reign with him. So Jesus learned some things. He showed us how we should live. Now, if Jesus could learn and increase in wisdom, then we need to learn and increase in wisdom. Paul, Paul said this. He said, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. Paul said, I've learned some things. Contentment was one of the things Paul learned. How cool would it be if we could learn contentment? Paul said, I know how to be rich because I've been rich. I know how to be poor because I've been poor. He said, I've had a lot and I've had nothing. But I was content in every level. I wonder how content are you? If you're teachable and you stick around and you hear what God's word has to say, you're going to learn some things and it's going to help you be the man, the woman, the young person that God wants you to be. Let's talk about being teachable. See, teaching involves this word that people don't like. Are you ready? I'm going to throw it at you anyway. Submission. Ah! Submission. People in America don't like submission. America's a nation birthed in rebellion. America's a nation that got, took its ball and went and go play somewhere else. A bunch of people told the English, hey, we don't like it here. We're going to go somewhere else. And then when the English followed them over here and said, you, we, you still going to pay us taxes, they're like, we'll kill you before we'll pay taxes. Well, they were going to pay some taxes. They just didn't want to pay British taxes. But America has this strong spirit. We have a whole holiday geared around a word called independence. Now, it's not, there, there's some good features about independence, and there's good features about why America did what it did. But it also has positioned us to think, I don't have to do what somebody tells me to do because I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. I do what I want to do. You take that Adams family mentality. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, dance how they want to dance, play how they want to play. And that's how the average American wants to go through life. I want to tell you something, average American, that don't work in God's kingdom. God is looking for people not to be independent but to be dependent. God is looking for people not to be in charge of their own life but to be submissive and here's the thing when it comes to being teachable you got to believe that somebody can teach you something you think well of course well here's the reality most people aren't teachable there's some people who are faithful to God but they're not teachable there's some people that are available to God but they're not teachable and they allow the devil to put reasons justifications in their mindset of why they're not teachable. I've had people tell me, well, I don't need a man to teach me about God. I've got my own hookup with God. 
Well, which God are we talking about? Because the God of this book said that he gave you teachers to teach you, to help you grow. Well, I don't know if I can learn from, from that person. We cross off teachers because we feel like they're not perfect. Let me say this to you. I've told you again. I told you before. I'll tell you again. If you need the person teaching you about God to be perfect, you will never find that person. If you're church shopping for the perfect church, you, you, you're not going to find it. Not only are you not going to find it here, you're not going to find it anywhere. God uses imperfect people to serve him, but God also uses imperfect people to teach us about him. Well, once you get your life all the way together, then you can teach me. You're never going to step into being teachable. And God has commanded us to have teachers and to be teachable. And the God who commanded us to do that wasn't expecting that your teachers would be perfect. But listen to what God says about being teachable in Hebrews 13, 17. Now, here's the reality. Some of y'all are going to resist this last part about being teachable. And I want you, when you feel yourself resisting it, I want you to know what God says about those who resist being taught. When, when, when you buck at this, I want you to realize, I'm just the messenger. Say messenger. I didn't write these words. I'm just reading them to you today. You, you chew on them. Tell me how they taste in your mouth. In Hebrews 13, 17, God said, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now, this right here is talking about church life. It's talking about spiritual leaders. It's talking about pastors and teachers, and it's talking about church folk and how they respond. And as someone who has been the only and founding senior pastor of this church for 21 years, I can tell you something. There's some easy church members and some hard church members. Let me tell you how you know if you're one of those easy church members. If I've never been in your home, if I never had to leave my house at 2.30 in the morning to come get you at a bar because you were too drunk to drive, if I never had to stop what I was doing to come bail you out of jail, done that, been there, done that for church members for the whole time I've been pastoring here. If I've never had to come stay up late with you because your life was falling apart when mine was too and I had to leave mine to come to rest. Listen, there are some hard people and there's some, there's some high-maintenance folk and some low-maintenance folk. Listen, I'm okay with high-maintenance folk if they're teachable. Now, if they're, if they're high-maintenance and hateful, got an issue there. But let's see what the Word says. Let's see how you, you process this. Obey your spiritual leaders, comma. Now, to obey your spiritual leaders, you must first have to believe that there are what? Spiritual leaders. God wouldn't talk about spiritual leader, obeying spiritual leaders if they didn't exist, but it also infers that you accept the fact that they are spiritual leaders. Now, this is one of the things I love about military people. And I remember when we were first starting this church, Bishop says, Scott, surround yourself with military people because they understand how to do what they're told, even if they think you're stupid. <laughs> Anybody ever been in the military? Anybody ever worked in corporate America? Same thing. This, this mindset of, you're you going to do what the leader says do, even if you know you're smarter than them, right? I guarantee you this, if you were ever in the Army, you worked for some people that were not as smart as you. 
If you ever were in any type of corporate setting, you, you did some things because you were told to do them, not because, and knowing I wouldn't do it that way. Now, Deacon Dixon sitting in the back, he, God exalted him, elevated him through 30, dead on 30, 30 years in the United States Army, all the way to the highest rank of E9 on the enlisted side. So he wasn't working for a lot of people at, at when he was 30 years in. They were working for him. But on that 30-year climb, did you, did you ever have anybody above you telling you what to do that wasn't as sharp as you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you did it anyway because they were the leader and you were a good follower. Now, there are books out there being written right now that says everything rises and falls on leadership. And there is some truth to that. But there also has to be some solid followership. And there are a lot of people sitting in churches that just don't believe. Well, God's my only leader. You haven't read the book. God said obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. He's talking about your pastor, that person that teaches you the word of God. It says their work is to watch over your souls. So my job as the pastor of this church is to watch over the souls of people that God brings this way. And the scripture says I'm accountable to God. This is why you never have to bash the preacher. The preacher's got a hard enough job and got to answer to God. Well, I just believe somebody ought to tell him so-and-so. Listen, come to me, tell me in love, but realize this. Be glad that you're not the one being held responsible for all this because it's, it's a tough job. And the Scripture says give them a reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. Now, because God said that you should give the pastor reason to do it with joy and with sorrow, some people must cause joy and other people must cause what? Oh, if you wanted them hard-hearted church folk, if you wanted them just want to grind the preacher up church folk, if you just want to stress my nerve and wear me out and, 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 and not be teachable in the midst of it. Listen, I don't mind if you stress me out. I don't mind if you wear me out. I don't mind if you blow my phone up. I don't mind if you need extra counseling. I'll do all that for you. That's what I'm here for. That's, that's what I'm about. That's what I've given my life for. But listen, make sure that that strain you put on me is joyful and not sorrowful. Because here's the reality. Look what the scripture says. That would certainly not be for what? Your benefit. So here, here's a little word for all hard-hearted, mean, evil, high-maintenance church members. You're not benefiting you. You're straining me, and you're not benefiting you. Are you teachable? Well, I'm teachable by God. Okay, teachable by God, folk. The God that you say you're teachable by tells you to obey your spiritual leader. Hmm. Okay. Grunt on that. Chew on it for a little bit. The Bible says eat the whole roll. We got to take all of the scripture together. Same chapter, same book. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Remember them that have the rule over you, comma. The comma is, is, is cause for what? Pause. You got to stop and think about it. The Bible says, Remember them that have the rule over you. God wouldn't tell you to remember those who have the rule over you if they didn't have what? The rule over you. Well, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, then you're not teachable. 
And you can't be who God wants you to be. You've got to remember those who have the rule over you. Who are they? The ones who speak the word of God to you. You've got to follow what they say because of what their life is trying to produce in you and because God has put them in that position. It's so wild. I ended up, uh, I ended up hanging out with uh, Elder Keon and uh, his wife this, this week. Uh, for a couple of hours talking about Scripture, man, I enjoyed that time, brother. I appreciate that time. It was a blessing to me uh, just hanging out, talking about the Word, to people that love the Word, talking about God, to people that love God. And this one Scripture came up, and it is a Scripture uh, that most people aren't familiar with, and it's is, is very seldom talked about because church folk get it the wrong way. Listen, when I'm reading the Bible to you, I'm not trying to, I'm not telling you any of these verses so you'll come cut my grass. I don't have anybody there. Church folk don't cut my grass, wash my car, take my dry cleaning. I do all that for myself. I, I can't stand these pastors that, that have 20 church members and five armor bearers. I've been in these churches where nine people in the church, you got two people walking behind, one person walking in front of the pastor, like got to keep the crowd back. All nine of these people in this room are related. Well, who are you keeping off the apostle? One person walking behind, carrying the man of God's Bible. <laughs> Listen, that's just silly. But here's the, here's the thing. It's birthed in some truth. The Bible says you ought to give twice as much respect to the pastors you give to anybody else. Read, just do a Google search on double honor. See, pastors don't like to preach this because it sounds self, self, self uh, ingratiating. It sounds like I'm trying to get you to do something for me. You saw me, I carried my Bible in here by myself today. Nobody helped me up these steps. Nobody carrying my water for fanning me. I've seen anybody seen all that foolishness in churches? You got these churches like the pastors up there, like he's God or something. Like everybody's like, oh, oh the, the, the man of God. He's as jacked up as you are. God wouldn't have called him to preach if he didn't have issues. Listen, I just put me on display. People are like, Pastor, you're just so raw. Uh, listen, I don't want y'all to think I'm special. You don't mess around find out something about me and be disappointed. I'll just let you know up front. Disappointment's there. That's not saying I don't believe in living a standard. We all got to live a standard. But there's only one person worthy to be put on a pedestal. There's only one person worthy to look up to, and that's God. But the God that we look up to tells us that there are people that he gives rule authority over us. And there's a great promise in 2 Chronicles 20, 20. And I want you to hear this verse well, and you figure out what you want to do with it. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. Now, this is not taught much. I teach this in every, when somebody calls me to, to go preach for them. I go into a local church and preach for other pastors. I preach this passage of Scripture right there because I know I'm going to get in and get out, and I'm going to leave them with something that can be bless them and they can be benefited by it and most pastors won't tell their own people this and I've been guilty of it for a long time so I'm going to tell you this and explain this verse to you and keep moving and get out of here in this verse it says believe in the Lord your God so shall you be established semicolon okay so we got to figure this out we got to stop here believe in the Lord your God comma so think pause on that believe in the Lord your God that's first and foremost do you believe in God 
I, one person said yes. The rest of y'all going to hell. <laughs> it just is what it is. is. The Bible says without faith you can't please God. I hope you believe. I hope you got this first part done. Believe in God, so shall you be established. It's not how good you are. It's not how much you show up to church. It's not whether or not you read your Bible, say your prayers, make good choices. It's not how much you give in the offering plate. It's not do you keep nursery or working food and clothing. None of those things will get you established in God's kingdom. The only thing that can establish you as a Christian with eternal life is believing in the Lord. We're saved by faith. The Bible says it's not of works or you'll be able to boast about it. We are not saved by works. We're saved by faith. The one and only thing that establishes you as a true believer is believing in God. So if you want to be saved, you have to believe in God. But it doesn't stop there. It says believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Now the prophet is any person who speaks to you for God. Now, somebody point at the person who is speaking for God today. All right, some of y'all didn't move your hand. Y'all don't know. It's okay. I'm speaking. You're sitting. Uh, so it says, believe in the Lord your God so you'll be established. If you want to be established in heaven, the only way to do it is by having faith in God, believing in God. But there's more than just getting to heaven. And this is why some people, and I love your honesty. I'm sad for your depression, but I love your honesty. How you doing today? Well... I'm just holding on, holding on, waiting on Jesus, waiting on the Lord. Just, well, you know, I'm in my struggle. Why, why do you think you're in your struggle when Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly? Why do you think you're in your struggle? Why is life so hard on you when you say you're saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost? Why is, why is life so difficult? Why, why, are you, why are your bills unpaid? Why are you going through all the time? Of course we're going to have good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days, but some people just live in the yuck. And, and if you be honest, you might fit into that category. Well, I, I, I bring you the remedy this morning. The Bible says you believe in God, you can have real salvation. But if you believe, now this word believe for God and for the one who speaks for God, it means a very similar thing. It means not just to believe that they are who God says that they are, but that you have a responsibility to do what you're told. Mm. Ah. We just looked at a verse that said obey them. We, 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 we just look, looked at a verse that said honor them. We, we, we're, we're now seeing that your prosperity is linked to whether or not you follow the teaching of the person who speaks to you for God. So here's, here's what I want you to know. God can get you into heaven. Believing in God, listening to God, doing what God says can get you into heaven. Believing that I am called by God, sent by God, and talking for God can get you what? Prosperous. 
You want prosperity? You're going to have to have some submission, not just to God, but to the man of God and the plan of God. You're like, hmm, sound like you're puffing yourself up. No, I don't teach this on a regular basis, and I'm not looking for anybody to follow me. The only one worth following is God. But I can tell you this, the God who is worth following said that you got to believe in the man of God to have prosperity. Now, if your man of God has to be perfect, one, you found the wrong place. Two, that person doesn't exist. If you can only be taught by somebody smarter than you, then you're not going to find anybody because you already think you're so smart. But the scripture is true regardless. What does the Bible say? Believe in his prophets, so show you what? If you're not prospering, you're not in proper submission. You're not teachable. If you're not prosperous, it's because it might be a whole bunch of other factors in there too, but part of it is found in this one verse that is being teachable. Are you believing what the person who speaks to you for God is telling you? You got to believe that someone can teach you. Ephesians 4.11. Listen to this and we'll be done. Now, there are, these are the gifts God gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. The Bible says these people are gifts to the church. Now, how many of y'all believe that all the apostles were perfect? Shady at best. Shady at best. Sketchy all day long. Issues and problems. Deniers and, 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 and covenant breakers and, and messed up people. But God still put them in the office of apostle. How many of y'all believe all the prophets had it perfectly figured out? They did not. Neither did the evangelists, neither the pastors or the teachers, I told you, God doesn't pick perfect people to be in the five-fold ministry because there are no perfect people to put in the five-fold ministry. Now, when you hear people talk about the five-fold ministry, these are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. I've told you for years in this teaching that you can remember who these people are by the fingers on your hand. Uh, the, the apostle is represented by the thumb. It's a covering gift. It's an oversight gift. It's an authority gift. The, the apostle is uh, in, in authority over all that happens inside God's kingdom. The, the next digit on your hand is that pointer finger. The prophet is the one that says, you're wrong. Judgment's coming. You better get right or get left. The evangelist, I won't stick it up to you, but if you got a normal hand, that middle finger is, is, is the next digit on your hand. That's the furthest reaching gift of the five-fold ministry. It goes out into the whole world and preaches the gospel of Christ. The next finger on your hand is, is the ring finger. That's represented by the pastor. The pastor is the one that sticks around. The pastor is the one who's always there. The pastor is the one who holds you up. Like when we do baby dedication, I lift these children up before the Lord and pray over them. The pastor is the one that dedicates your babies, marries you, and buries you. That's the hard one to be, y'all. Oh, I got some evangelist friends. Uh, we pastors, we, we've developed a name for, for, for that part of the five-fold ministry. Uh, that we call them five suits, five sermons. Uh, you, do you know I can just take my best five outfits and my best five sermons, travel the world? Y'all, y'all, some of y'all been at these churches where they have these guest evangelist speaker come out, come out, come out. Friday night, our guest speaker, the anointed man of God. Do, do, do you know what you got to be to be an expert in anything? 80 miles outside your hometown. Absolutely. 
Don't even have to be 80 miles. I, I can go preach in Lake City. They bill me up as the greatest thing on sliced bread. I walk in there, preach my best sermon that I preached 312 times already. I got the whole thing memorized. And they're like, whoa, stand up, scream, holler, throw money, shout me down. I come in here and preach my guts out, y'all like. That evangelist gift, man. They, hey, they fly them in first class. They put them up in hotels. Some of y'all been to these churches. They don't put them at the Red Roof Inn. You don't leave the light on for the evangelist. They put them at the Omni. They put them at the Hyatt Regency. They, they don't make them Uber in. They assign them a drive. Hey, I've been there, done that, worked that whole circuit. They pay them all kinds of money. I already told y'all, Bishop Jakes uh, pre preached for a friend of mine, opened up, opened up a church for uh, Pastor Ron Carpenter in South Carolina. When they opened up that building, Bishop Jakes told uh, Pastor Ron, he said, you can pay my fee, cover me and my team, airfare, put us up while we're there, it cost you $40,000. For one hour preach for $40,000. And he said, or you can let me take the offering and keep it. So, you know, Pastor Ron was like, well, I ain't stupid. I'm just, pfft, take the offering. <laughs> one, now this wasn't no big, huge church at the time. $1.2 million later, they swept the money up. Because he had four offerings, and they were throwing cash. They swept the money up, and, and, and they knew. The advance team knew what to do. They had trash cans, big, giant outdoor trash cans with liners in them. They left there with over 30 bags of cash and checks and walked out the door. And you think, well, at least it didn't cost them $40,000. What it did, it crippled the offering for the next three years because everybody was broke. Man, don't make me, don't, hey. The pastor gift, that sticking around, dealing with folk gift, that staying after they find out you ain't perfect gift. There's a reason why pastors leave, change churches every 18 to 36 months. They, they, everybody found dirt on them, time to go. Listen, that sticking around after you failed, flopped, put your foot in your mouth, embarrassed yourself, and then stand up and tell people, but I still love the Lord and I still love you too. That's a hard road to, that's a hard road to host. Pray, pray for your pastor. Pray for your teacher. But the Bible says these are gifts that God has given us. Verse 12 says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So here's the, here's the thing. My responsibility is to equip you, to give you the tools that you need to do God's work. So, so you can go build up. Well, the pastor needs to build up the church. No, the pastor needs to teach you how to go out and do God's work. That's what we come here for, so you can learn the Scripture. But you got to be teachable. Listen to what the Bible says about being teachable. Proverbs 1.5 says, Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. If you have understanding, you have to receive guidance. I don't need nobody to guide me. I can find my own way. You're not a real Christian at that point. Because a Christian is someone who follows the teachings of Christ. And this is God's book. Let's get through these and be done. Proverbs 23, 9 says, don't waste your breath on fools. 
for they will despise the wisest advice. So a fool despises wise advice. I've been giving you wise advice this morning because I've been reading from the Word. You've got to decide whether you despise it or you receive it. Proverbs 9, 8 says, don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous and they will learn even more. Put verse 8 back on the screen. Man, I was in my feelings one time. Uh, and, and, and I read this verse. It says, don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. Correct the wise, and they will love you. I, I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm tired of people saying, well, Pastor Scott, man, he just, he just be stepping on toes. He just, I just go in there, and the word just slaps me all around. Uh, I had somebody tell me. They came to church, and I hadn't seen them in a while, and, and they, they hugged my name. Man, I was so glad I came today. I really needed that. I'm like, good, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I've been going over this other church. Uh, the teaching's just so strong here. I, I got to go sit over in an easier church for a couple of months before I come over here and let you beat me all up and down with the Bible. And I'm thinking, that ain't who I'm trying to be. I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to, trying to teach the truth. And I don't even know if you remember this, Mom, but I was talking to my mom about it. This was years and years and years ago when we were both young. And... <laughs> I said, I said, you know what, Mom? I'm tired of being the, 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 the straight truth, no chaser preacher. I'm tired of just putting, putting the hay down where the goats can get it. I'm just tired of just reading the Bible and letting the Bible speak for itself. I just wish one time God had just let me preach some soft, easy message where everybody would love me. I and mean, we talk about I'm stepping on their toes and, and beating them up with the Bible. And my mom said this, and I want you to hear this as I get ready to close. My mom said, son. You keep stepping on toes. You keep preaching the truth. Because if my feet are pointed in the wrong direction, I want you to stomp on my toes and, and, until you kick me right back into the right direction because I don't want to be walking in the wrong way. You remember, see, you remember telling me that? We forget a lot, but you remember that. Amen. Hallelujah. And this is what I told my mom. I said, you know why, Mom? You know why you're one of the few people to feel that way? Because the Bible says if you correct the wise, they will love you. And you're wise. And you love the Lord. And you want, you want to be directed. I, I'm going to only do this five times. <laughs> y'all, oh, amen. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all, some of y'all have caught up on that. I, I give this, and then if I give it again... Why does he have to say that? Don't be offended for other people. I'm going to get on you before you leave here. Are you faithful? Are you available? Are you teachable? Here's, here's what you know. If correction makes you, <clears throat> who is he? Then the Bible says you're unwise. If you want someone, see, growing up, and, and it's one of the reasons why me and Elder Jimmy get along so good. We, we grew up in the same time frame. We grew up uh, with, with some similar coaching in our life. We both grew up loving baseball, playing baseball baseball and sports growing up in that and we loved hard coaches we had coaches grab about a face mask cuss you out spit on you yell at you uh tape fumble but i i went to school back in the day some of y'all might remember you you fumble a ball on friday night it, show them what you're doing that's exactly what happened that, that coach duct taped that ball to your hand you walked around school all week long with a ball taped to your hand I just don't believe you should embarrass a young man like that. 
He didn't mean to fumble. No, the coach wasn't trying to embarrass him. The, the coach was trying to give him something that could make him a champion. Everybody don't want champion level of truth. That's why all the mega churches are filled with preaching about uh, be the best you you can be. Five keys to uh, living your best life now. Three ways to find peace with yourself. Now, the Bible says if you, if you correct mockers, they're just going to hate you. But if you correct wise people, they are going to love you. You let me know where you're at today. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. Because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. The greatest teacher in the world is Jesus. And he wants you to have rest for your soul. But he's the same one that taught you to listen to your spiritual leaders. He's the same one that told you your prosperity is linked to the person who speaks to you for God. You're established by faith. You're prosperous by your connectivity to your pastor. Study it and you let me know. If you think I'm right or wrong, I'm right all by myself. Because I'm telling you what the Bible says. We are commanded to be fat. Say fat. Faithful, available, and teachable. Where are you here on, on that level? Are you faithful? Do See, here's one of the things. And listen, no matter what, we, we had a lady. <laughs> Bless her heart. Some, some people, they get old, they get stuck in their ways. Some young people get stuck in their ways. But we had a woman, uh, used to always sit right in here. A visitor came with, with her family one day, sat there. This, this, this senior adult lady said, oh, y'all can't sit here. That's my chair. Listen, I love it you sit in the same place. But don't get, don't, because it helps me see that you're here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how y'all just quartered off those seats, Rick, but Rick and Charity are always going to be right there. I, I, I know I can look out. Uh, sometimes he's going to have on some Carolina gear. Sometimes he's going to have on uh, some panther gear or some gamecock gears all carolina gear i guess but listen pastors like when you sit in the same spot because they see that you're here in your place and i thank god for people who are here on a regular basis i thank god for people who show up listen you need to get faithful have you been being faithful to the not just to god but to his plan have you been being are you available for what god wants for you some of y'all have been saying for years you soon, soon as i get done with this I'm going to start serving in this ministry. I'm going to start serving in that ministry. Listen, there is every level of ministry for you to do at this church, uh, from teaching to anything else that goes with it. And I'm not going to name it because you'll think, oh, teaching's high. Listen, we, we need people working in a parking lot ministry. We need people working in security. We need people working with children. We need people working in the nursery. We need people working with the youth. We need people working with men's groups, women's groups. We need people who can cook. We need people who can clean. We need people who are available are you available I've been saying for years we shouldn't have to have the same person playing guitar the same person playing keyboard the same person playing drums I was talking to Jennifer this week I told her uh, about a we're talking about a job and I'm like well you, you can't do that because you got to be in church on Sunday you got to be in that drum cage like Victor's on the keyboard. Well, uh, if, if, if Victor got to be in the drum cage, you better let him know. So he practice those songs. We should have five drummers in this church. 
Oh, five, five. Oh, don't make me walk around to put a gun to everybody's head and ask, can you play drums? Some of y'all know you can play drums. Shake a tambourine, do something. Some of y'all know you can sing. Won't get up here and sing. Some of y'all know you, you, you love children, but you won't work with children. Are you available? We should have multiple people. We got the same people working the nursery every week. And when they don't show up, it's a scramble. I saw some scramble going on this morning. Uh, we, we ought to have multiple people doing multiple stuff. That's like for me. I can't be here all the time. Nobody can be here every service 21 years in a row. It's just not even humanly feasible. That, that's why we have elders in our church. That's why we have deacons in our church. That's why we have you. But you got to be faithful. You got to be available. And you got to be teachable. You need to be faithful to God. You need to be faithful to your family. You need to be faithful to the church that God's given you to serve Him in. It's God's plan to put churches in local communities so we could be His hands and feet to touch this community for Christ. Be faithful to that. You need to be available to God. You need to be available to your family. You need to be available to your church. So many people get so busy with life, they stop being available. Then the marriage falls apart and they wonder, well, what happened? Well, you weren't around. Well, I was there, but you weren't there when you were there. Parents wonder how their kids get off the rails. I've had people tell me, Pastor Scott, I don't even know what's wrong with Junior. I brought Junior to church every day of his life. Yeah, but were you available? We got to be available to God, to our family. We got to be teachable. Start learning. Start obeying. Start listening. Embrace guidance. Realize that God set pastors in position, not because they were perfect or smarter than you, but because that's his plan. And I promise you, if you will come to this place teachable, I will read the scripture to you and the spirit of God will teach you from his word. Let's be these kind of Christians. Let's be faithful. Let's be available. Let's be teachable. If you're here and you're not saved, you can't be a fat Christian because you're not a Christian yet. But I got great news for you. The Bible says if you'll call on his name, he'll save you. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. All you got to do is ask God to save you. And if you mean it with all your heart, maybe you tried that before and it didn't work. The scripture says that when you search for him with your whole heart, that's when you'll find him. If you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, get right with God. And let's be faithful. Let's be available. Let's be teachable. We got men's ministry tonight. Men, I want you to come out at 6 o'clock. We're going to hang out together. We're going to share what it's like to be a man in the body of Christ. Come out if you can. Maybe you can't come this time. Come next time. Ladies, ladies, Bible study tonight. Come out. Get involved. Be available. And let's be teachable because we all have so much to learn. One of the things I love about people who are growing in Christ, they come to the place that we've all come to that have ever grown in Christ. The more we learn about God, the more we realize we got a lot left to learn. Amen? Pray with me. God, thank you for being our teacher. Thank you, God, for giving us pastors, apostles, evangelists, teachers, prophets. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be established in your kingdom and to be prosperous through connectivity. God, I pray for every person in this room today, Lord, that you would bring us to higher levels of faithfulness, higher levels of availability, 
and higher levels of teachability. God, help us to fulfill the call that you've placed on our life and help us to represent you well every day, everywhere we go. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.